you are listening to episode 47 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. This is the Fit Successful Dad podcast, episode number 47, and I just want to take a second to thank you for spending some time with me today. I appreciate it. And today is a kind of a special episode, at least for me. It's a milestone. I am going to be talking about my upcoming brand that I am taking to a crowdfunding campaign in September. At least that's the target right now. And I am at a point now with the prototypes. I don't know if, if you've listened to the podcast previously, the past few episodes over the past few weeks, I've talked about a few things that have been going on between myself and my supplier and uh, the some of the delays that have come as a result of that. And these are all things that, that happen, uh, delays and lag and uh, schedule creep and all that stuff. Uh, but here we are. And I, I'm ready to talk about it. So the brand that I am going to be trying to raise capital in September through crowdfunding in order to launch is a brand focused around fitness and gym bags, period, plain and simple, fitness and gym bags, duffel bags and backpacks. Um, there are a, a number of products that I want to expand into down the road, but I am keeping it very simple. However, I have applied some pretty, uh, what I think, uh, innovative approaches to what most people think of when they think of a gym bag. So here's the situation and here's how I got here and here's why it's important and here's why I think it'll win. Okay. I have been involved in fitness for since about 2002, 2003, so about 15 years now. I didn't take it really all that serious until about 2008, so it's about nine years, 2007, 2008. And as some of you may or may not know, I had gone through a, a little bit of a transformation, a pretty significant one actually, um, where I went from an, an incredibly unhealthy state, lost about 75 pounds, and battled with being under or overweight for a while. But uh, through that whole process, which took years, I, I grew to rely on, on fitness as kind of an anchoring thing. Um, and then relying on it became like almost an overwhelming desire and passion to do that. So it's, it's, it's something that I relied on once I started going through that transformation, it was almost like a drug, like an addictive thing. I needed to be, uh, I needed to be in the gym. I needed to always be thinking about, uh, my diet and I did a lot of meal prep and I did a lot of nutritional research and studying. And, um, and I tried a, a bunch of different techniques just, just to see what they were like and make sure that I understood them to the point where I could at least know if they were for me and I could talk about them. You know, so that went on for a while, years, and I got very, very comfortable with myself. Um, but I also realized after a while that I hadn't really made any progress. I was pretty neutral. I was, I, as far as like weight goes, I wasn't gaining any weight. I wasn't losing any weight. I also wasn't making any progress. So from, from like a muscle building standpoint, I wasn't, I wasn't building any muscle. I wasn't really losing any muscle. Uh, 
the other thing is that I wasn't challenging myself at all. So forget about weight loss or gain and forget about muscle loss and gain. I wasn't challenging myself at all. And part of the reason that I was successful at losing almost 80 pounds and, and going from overweight to underweight to finding my, my, you know, happy medium is because I was in a position where I could, I was being challenged constantly. So when I was overweight, I was always challenging myself to lose it. Right. So that was always the goal. It was measurable. It was there. It was easy, right? It was measurable. I was either losing weight or I wasn't. And then when I was underweight, I could do the same thing. So I was either putting weight on or I wasn't right. So those were easy, measurable things. And it was, it was easy to keep myself challenged. But when you are, it's actually, I, I consider this a little bit more difficult when you are at a place where you're not overweight, you're not underweight and you're just kind of like, a, a, you know, like a normal, healthy build with a normal, healthy, um, muscle mass and body fat percent and all that stuff. And you know, you're light on your feet and everything. Uh, it's hard to challenge yourself to do anything, uh, physically. It's like, you don't, what, what goal do I have? You know, a goal to put on muscle. Okay, sure. Um, you know, but that's, that's hard to, to measure because muscle builds so slowly. So it's very difficult to see progress and it's very difficult to know if what you're doing is working. Um, so, uh, that it, it was, there was a period of time where, where it was a constant struggle, uh, for me to, to find what it was that I was trying to do. Um, I have since figured that out and, and I, I kind of got myself to a point where I know what I want to do and that is build muscle. That is what I want to do. There are two things, build muscle, get stronger. So those are my two goals and you know, they're for me. So I don't compete in any sports, you know, at a, at a highly competitive level. I don't compete in, I'm not a bodybuilder. I don't compete in powerlifting or anything, but purely for me, those are goals of mine. And I think what I figured out was, and the reason that I'm at this place mentally where I'm at is because I went from a position where I was, I was overweight. I was not athletic. I was unhealthy and I was, uh, you know, just in, in really bad shape to, to the, the, the opposite of that where I was underweight and everything to now I am in a position where I can become the, literally I can become the most f like in the best shape that I've ever been in my whole life. And I can, I'm in control of that going forward. I can build muscle and be the strongest that I've ever been. Now I'm in control of that and I'm choosing to do that and I'm going to do that. So my measurable results now have grown to be less like immediate something that I have to be more patient with and I have to see, I have to be able to see the long term. So now I'm thinking in three and six month like blocks, basically, if something's not working for three months, I'll change it. If something's not working for six months or two, three month windows, then I'll really change it. And that's how I'm thinking now. I'm thinking very, very long term, and that the ability to be patient with that is is something that took a long time for me to develop. But that's where I'm at. And because I'm in that situation, and because I'm circling back around here, because I've been so into fitness and exercise and diet and health for the past ten years or so, I I go to the gym a lot, and I take a gym bag with me every time. 
I always have since college all the way till now. And I have gone through probably a gym bag every year for the past 10 years, nine years. And there are things that I have found with every gym bag that I've ever bought at a major store or even a major online retailer that, uh, and these are 60, $70 bags. There are things that I've found are consistently flawed from bag to bag to bag to bag. And it's a lot of it is craftsmanship because they're ultra mass produced. Um, the, so the workmanship on it is poor. The material selection is extremely poor. They have the appearance of being cool because they have cool colors and stuff. Uh, but they're, they're really like, if you buy a, <laughs> if you go out and buy a 50 or $60 bag at, uh, at a, a retailer or something near you, you know, like one of those big, big stores, um, it's, I have not been able to find one that's actually built with rugged materials. Um, the components, zippers, straps, buckles, clips, Velcros, all that stuff, cheapest stuff around. And I've had more zippers. I think I've had pretty much a zipper on every single bag I've ever bought, uh, bind or break at some point. And I, you know, I use this three, four or five times a week and I carry a lot of stuff to and from the gym and I'm not alone in that, that world. So I've gone on, I've done a ton of research in this and I have a lot of friends that are in the fitness space. Both, uh, I have friends that are bodybuilders. I have friends that are CrossFit guys and, and girls. I have friends that are like, you know, uh, yogis, you know, really into like, like power yoga, like weights and yoga together kind of thing. I have uh, friends that are, that are just into general fitness and don't do anything really crazy, but they all take stuff to the gym and they all have something negative to say about gym bags that they've used. There's always a complaint there. And I saw a huge hole in the market there for that. And also at the same time, it's serving a, uh, it's, it's serving me. It's fixing a pain point in my life, which is probably the most important, right? Um, so what I have done is I have contacted through a, a painstaking process. I have found a supplier that I like. I've contacted them. Uh, this is almost a year ago and I drew them literally a sketch on a piece of paper of what I wanted, called out some dimensions and sent that to them. And I worked with that supplier to take a very, very basic duffel bag and turn it into what I think is the most practical, but also the most rugged duffel bag that you will be able to find. And I really do believe that. And just a, a quick breakdown of, of what I put into these bags to make them so rugged, so tough, so durable. Also the, the practicality comes from the layout and the design, but, uh, like the pocket sizing and, and placement. But as far as materials go, I'll, I'll give everybody a, a quick rundown of, of some of the major players here. Uh, I used for the entire shell of the bag, everything on the outside, I used 1000 denier Cordura nylon, which if you aren't familiar with it, it was originally invented for flak jacket use in combat uh, for our war fighters. And it's extremely strong. So even when you pick it up and you 
kind of just like rub it with your fingers, you can tell it's not overly thick. It's not, it doesn't feel like the thickest canvas you've ever touched, but at the same time you can feel just by holding it, how, just how dense it is. The density of the fibers that make it up are, are very, very high. And the way the, the, the weaving pattern of this particular fabric is done in such a way that the abrasion resistance is crazy. It's, uh, it, it will outlast, it will probably outlast anybody who buys it. So, I mean, the stuff was made for combat and it was made to essentially reflect and deflect shrapnel, right? So, um, now the military has gone on to use other newer technologies like Kevlar, but when this was originally put into combat, um, environments, it was extremely successful, which is why they still use it today. And all standard issue military backpacks and things like that, a lot of those are still made with nothing but 1000 denier Cordura nylon. So it's a fantastic material. And as far as gym bags go, one of the problems I've had is that all the bags that I've ever bought up to this point use a material called polypropylene, which is very, very thin and flimsy, even though it's really flexible and they can print some really cool colors on it, uh, which is one of their, their tactics, you know, these bigger brands tactics. The problem is that with those is that as soon as they make contact with something abrasive, like pavement or uh, something with an edge and they tear, well, then they just continue tearing and the whole thing rips to shreds. And I've had this happen with just my shoes being in the bag, rubbing up against the material because they're in the bag and I'm walking with the bag, you know, slung over my shoulder and just the motion of me walking has caused my shoes and all the stuff in my bag to, to rub up against the pockets and, and put holes in them. So that 100% will not happen with Cordura nylon. It has the highest strength, uh, the highest abrasion resistance of any material for this application. Uh, the other thing that I chose to put inside the bag, because I'm using 1000 denier Cordura on the outside, on the inside of the liners, I used 210 denier ripstop nylon. And ripstop's really awesome because it has a, it's nylon, so it's got a, a very strong cross-woven thread pattern anyway. Uh, but the rip, what makes it ripstop is that every quarter of an inch in both directions, high strength fiber woven all the way through it. So what this looks like, if you stand back and you look at it, is a checker pattern. And every quarter, it basically looks like grid paper. You know, if you ever used a grid paper to, in math or something, it looks like quarter inch squares all over the thing. And that's because every quarter of an inch, they wove a, uh, a fiber through it that is like a hundred times the strength of an actual nylon fiber. And what this does is that if there is a tear anywhere on this fabric, it will only travel at most a quarter of an inch before it hits one of these fibers. And once it hits one of these fibers, it will stop. And it will, it take, actually takes a tremendous amount of strength to rip through one of these fibers. So I'm going to make a video that shows me cutting through this with a knife. And you can see just how much strength it actually takes. And the big takeaway here is that rip stop for practical applications will never rip. It'll never happen. It'll never break down. 
you have to try and force like pretty, pretty heavily, pretty, you have to try really hard to, to tear ripstop nylon. And so it, it made, it was the obvious choice for me to put on the inside of the bags. You have the most abrasion resistant material on the outside of the bags and you have the most, um, like rip resistant material on the inside of the bags and you put those two together and it seems to be an unstoppable combination for the practical use of being a gym and fitness bag, right? So I'm in love with that combination and all my prototypes have it and it's been fantastic so far. Uh, the other thing that I want to point out about the bag that I think makes it kind of stand out significantly from anything you can buy at a commercial store or a retail store or whatever is the zipper choice and the component choice. So I chose YKK zippers, number 10 and number eight. And uh, those are sizes, but YKK, which most people don't know. And I didn't know before I got into this a year ago is a Japanese manufacturer of zippers. That's all they make is zippers. The reason they are so good is that they, they, they are kind of industry leading in, in the world of zippers. <laughs> you know, it's funny to talk about, but it's true. And they, they, what they've done is they created the equipment to create their zippers. So they have a whole proprietary manufacturing line. They don't use any commercial machines to make their zippers. They made their own, they, their own engineers invented the machines, designed and built the machines to make their zippers. So their whole prop, like their whole production line and, uh, and everything from end to end is proprietary and they have IP on all of it. So, uh, what they get out of it at the end of the day is the most like the single most widely accepted bind resistant, smoothest operation, um, non collapsing zipper and smoothest functionality. So what you'll, what you'll see when you use one, if you haven't used one before is they glide so simply, um, they will never bind. There's something in the way both the, the zipper, the, the part with the teeth and the zipper pull, which is the piece that you grab with your, your fingers and pull up and down. There's something internal to that that makes it totally unique that causes them to never bind. They just don't bind. Um, they don't have all the complications of like having to have everything lined up perfectly before you zip it, close and open. Uh, they, they tend to fall into place a lot better, a lot easier. So if something is off kilter a little bit, when you go to zip it shut, it will pull it into place and zip it. It's uh, it's, it's, it's just a, it's <laughs> as far as zippers go, it's the most fascinating thing I've seen. And I had to have them on the bag. It made the most sense. So the bag, every single zipper on the bag, and there are quite a few is a YKK number eight or a YKK number 10 zipper. And all of the components for the straps, are, uh, are steel and the buckles are steel. Everything's metal. There are no plastic cheap components on here. Uh, no, no clips that are going to break. And all in all, it's, it's not only is it the toughest, most durable bag, but again, it's the most practical. The pockets are intelligently designed, not just through me. I'm not I'm not that intelligent. I put a lot of thought into it, but I also bounced a lot of ideas off of real people. All right. So I went and I talked to a lot of people who 
go to gyms, uh, both like, you know, conventional gyms, CrossFit gyms, general fitness people. I worked with my supplier. I got feedback from them. I took it, of course, to the internet and talked to a lot of people, both strangers and non-strangers about features they'd like to see. And I incorporated all of that over the course of a year into multiple prototypes into what I think is the, the best bag possible. And I'm excited about it. I think a lot of people are going to be able to resonate with the fact that most gym bags are garbage and that something like this would be, would be cool and useful. And just overall, I keep using the word practical. There's, it, there's, there's no tech built into it. There's no rechargeable uh, battery packs in there to charge your phone. You know, maybe that's a down the road thing, but I, I didn't want to get into any of that. I just wanted to make the most solid gym bag for people in a practical sense, right? A practical, durable sense that'll fit all their stuff and it won't ever break down and it will probably outlast the person using it. So that was the intent. And the name of the brand is Sobam Gear Company. Sobam is an acronym strength of body and mind, strength of body and mind. And that goes back to my core beliefs. I, I'm, I'm, I talk about this all the time. I have an, an infatuation with the mind body connection and it's something I'm, I'm very passionate about. I think we don't know enough about it, but I think that there's, there's something there that's unique to every single person and without finding and harnessing the connection between the body and mind that each individual person won't be able to achieve their potential necessarily. And so I'm really, really big on that and putting a lot of focus on that for myself. And I think that everybody should personally. Uh, but as far as the, the brand goes, I want to convey that message into the brand. So it's, it's something I'm I'm so passionate about, and I want the brand to talk about on a regular basis how you know physical strength is huge, mental strength is huge, and putting them together will essentially make you invincible, make you unstoppable. Okay, so that is it in a nutshell for for that. I I'm excited about it again. Sobam Gear Company, um, the most tough and practical gym bags that you will ever use. I plan on taking it to a crowdfunding campaign. It's going to be a Kickstarter. And right now we're targeting September. So there's going to be a ton of early bird stuff for for backers, or, uh, early backers. There's going to be early bird pricing on bags. There's going to be some cool limited edition apparel. There's going to be probably some cool limited edition colors uh, of the bags. And all of that stuff is going to be kind of slowly trickled out here over the summer. And as far as the execution of all of that, I am working with a local, I found a local photographer and a local videographer who actually work together as a team. And they've done Kickstarter campaigns before. They do phenomenal work and I've started working with them. So a lot of the content coming out here soon around that brand, Sobam Gear Company, is going to be done by them. And um, I'm really stoked for that. So if you haven't, um, and you probably haven't because I just talked about it today for the first time, uh, go over to Instagram and check out Sobam Gear Company's profile. It's very, very minimalist right now, uh, but it's going to probably be taking off here 
very, very, very soon. And if you want to get in on any of the early bird stuff, uh, just shoot a DM over to Sobam Gear Company or contact me through the podcast. So just a heads up, this podcast is not going to turn into a giant sales pitch for that brand, Sobam Gear Company. I will talk about it from time to time just because I want everybody in the audience, and I think you're interested in this, but I want everybody to kind of see the process as I take this brand from nothing to something. All right. And I want to be able to, to look back in time and see, you know, where I was at some point in time and, and where we are, you know, now, whenever that point is in the future. So, so it's a documentation of that brand as it grows, but it's not going to be dedicated to just pushing that product. Okay. So just want that to be clear. So, uh, okay, so that's where I'm at with that. And uh, again, look for the Kickstarter coming in September. And I would love for you to get involved in any of the early bird stuff, which you can do by contacting me. Okay, so beyond all of that, right, pushing all of that aside, this has been a very, very long week for me personally. And I, I hope that whether it was a long week for you or not, that you are able to recharge a little bit and make sure that you aren't straying too far from the path. So I love taking a moment at the end of the week to think about exactly where I'm at, you know, exactly where I want to be, and then making sure that the, the path between those two things isn't totally covered and blocked. And, and if there are obstacles there that I can see, that I can kind of see a way to get around them. And that's, that's kind of like a really, really high, you know, bird's eye view, but I, I know where I'm going, right? I know where I want to be and I know some of the obstacles that are coming up and I'm already thinking about ways to get around them. And that's the point. If you are envisioning yourself at a certain place and you're currently at another place and you know what you need to do to get there, make sure that you're focused on the specifics of how to get around those obstacles to get there, right? There's, there's never going to be a plan that's so perfect that you can follow it to a T to get where you want to go, but there is definitely specific things that you can do and, and lay out now to have the, yourself in the best position to get around those things. Absolutely. 100%. Let me give you guys a couple examples. So I know right now my main focus besides this podcast is Sobam Gear Company, right? I'm taking that to a Kickstarter in the fall. Just talked about it. To get there, this is rewinding time of several months. To get there, I know I need money, okay? I know that I need relationships in certain areas. I need relationships in the fitness space. I need relationships in crowdfunding. I need relationships in the podcasting world for awareness, Instagram, all over social media, Facebook ad stuff. I need relationships with people local. I need relationships with people in photography, right? I started cultivating all of these months ago because I knew I was going to need them. So again, with the specifics, money, well, I built uh, an extra income stream uh, right around the time that I started thinking about Sobam Gear Company, right? I use, uh, I do a lot of merch 
by Amazon, which is great. I'm up to the point now where it's, it's about $500 a month and I work on it maybe five hours a week, four hours a week, something like that. Uh, so that was a, an income stream that I put together. It's not passive, but it's as close to passive as I'm going to get. Um, I made some tweaks to my Amazon FBA stuff, my physical products brand that I have over there so that I can maximize as much profit as possible in a short amount of time. I made those tweaks. That took time. All of these took months to really ramp up. Uh, relationships. I will sit, I think I've talked about this before too. I will sit from time to time and I will DM a hundred people on Instagram. And if you don't know what DM is, it's direct message. I will go into Instagram and I will search and I will find a hundred people, 120 people, 150 people who I think have the, the audience that I'm looking for, the reputation that I'm looking for, the message that I'm looking for, and they have the right look, all that stuff. And I will DM them and I will ask them, stuff related to Sobam Gear Company, right? Trying to build relationships. I'm trying to collaborate with people in a way where I can help them and they can help me, right? That's business. And I've started that, I started that process months ago and I got to a point now where I have a decent team. I'm still trying to build it, but I have a pretty good team of people who are on my side because I did something positive for them and all I'm asking for in return is for them to give me a shout out to build some awareness, right? There's a whole specific tactic to that that we can talk about another time. But right now, the point is that all of these pieces that I need to put in place to build my brand from nothing, uh, they are long-term plays. And I started those plays a long time ago. So circling back around to my main point is that you, if you can identify where you want to be versus where you are now and all the things that you might need to get there, start executing on those specifics, those things that you need to get there, right? For me, it was an extra income. It was relationships and it was obviously the design component as well. So there was a ton of research in there as well that I had to do and a design and trial and error. And I put all those into practice and I executed on them every single day. And here we are, we're getting close and I have something that I'm almost ready to take to market and it's a good feeling, but there was a ton of work that's gone into this and you can do whatever you want to get wherever you're going as long as you are able to put in that work and you are able to figure out whatever needs figured out in order to get there. Uh, but the main thing comes back to writing down those specifics, figuring out what they are, and then executing on them. Just knowing what they are isn't enough. You actually have to push hard against them to make that happen, to get some movement going. And I believe in you, and I believe that deep down you believe in yourself, and that's all you really need, right, is, is to believe and understand that nothing is standing in your way. You have nothing but opportunity, and you can get where you're trying to go if you just start taking that action today. And if you've already taken action today, that's awesome. Keep it up, right? Keep the machine moving and don't stop. And that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I want everybody to have an amazing weekend and I will talk to you in the next episode. Take care.